NBA fans, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me right now is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. How you been? Uh, finally glad to see Jimmy Butler's finally on the move, too. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, and we're going to talk about that trade at length, and I'm guessing from what little we've talked about it already, um, you're particularly happy. Um, well, 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 I guess we'll, we'll save it for the we'll save it for the topic. Um, Joel's going to be uh, calling in a little later, so he'll be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into it, man, because uh, that, of course, is the big news uh, of the past week. Jimmy Butler along with Justin Patton, were traded to the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second-round pick. Um, just uh, your, your, your general thoughts on the trade uh, for Philly, and, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and just, you know, you can give your thoughts for Philly and then your thoughts for Minnesota, and then um, I'll... I'll offer up any additional uh, thoughts that I may have. I mean, for Philly, it's, it's, it's a win kind of what-are-you-doing move. Like like I said before, they're, they're getting in desperation mode. I think a lot yep. of their moves they did over the offseason uh, really came back and impacted them big time, and now they're having to make up for it. And also just not naming a GM. I think um, you should have just left your coach to be a coach, even though he made some solid moves. It's just leave the coaching to be the coaching and get your GM, not when the off season's over and now you're having to scramble. Um, but in the long run, I mean, like you said, I mean, being, being a fan of a team in the East, I like it for my team, the Celtics, because you just spent a lot of your debt that you've already been lacking to Minnesota and Sarich is actually a really good player. Um, he's a good big to play next to Cat. I mean, he's basically already been doing that, playing it with Joel Embiid, so he knows exactly sure. how to play. He really knows when to take uh, be assertive and start taking over. I mean, always lights up the Celtics. And then Robert Covington. I mean, first team the all defense. That's a really good player to have. Um, all right at the three-pointer, not, I mean, not like your prototypical, like, three and D, but, I mean, defense is just way more of the, the upside, even if his three-point percentage isn't the best at times. Um, but you, you're he's giving streaky. up a lot. and then, Yeah, he's streaky. He's streaky. But still, his defense is just unmatched. So you're giving up right. that to get Jimmy Butler, which, in the end, I mean, that's really good because now you have a really good big three and – Simmons, Embiid, and Butler. So there's your big three. So that's a good building block now, but you just you kind of mess with your cap space that you maybe didn't mess with it, um, but you could have definitely signed him in the offseason, but you went ahead and made it. So I think that's a smart choice to go ahead and get Butler because Butler would be really good on this team. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them play, and uh, I think he'll definitely re-sign with them. So that was a good move to just already get him to get him sure. liking this team and all that. And even even if he like, there's some teammates that he might not get along with. Joel Embiid is is 
like exactly Butler. Like he definitely goes hard on every play. He's not going to just like sit around and all that. So, and they're the the duo of them on social media is going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be so wanna, fucking great. I, I just want I just want to throw that out there because <laughs> you know the two of them are just like probably the best. So now they're going to be able to like talk smack to everyone together. So it'll be fun, but. Yeah, for right now in the, the short term, I mean, you gave a, you kind of gave up a lot. Um, as I was saying um, before, I knew this is what like I kind of felt like this is what Minnesota wanted because it just makes sense with their team and all that. But sure. if I was Philly, uh, even though I just like he's still young, I just traded a lot for him. I would have tried to switch Fultz with Sarge. I would have. I just think in Fultz makes more sense not being on the team right now because he just statistically yeah. just does it. He's just not working out for them. He's just really just not doing anything. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but um, he pump faked a free throw. And I, yes, I'm not I kidding did. you. I did he see that. It was a free throw to miss. It, it was really fucking weird. And there was the other shot of him like, like looking like he thought he was being attacked by like a bee on the court, and he was just, like, flailing his fucking arms out of nowhere. I don't know when it was, but I saw saw that recently. Um, and, yeah, man, he, he's fucking – he's a weird – he's a weird dude. Um, I, I don't know what's wrong with him, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, anyway, finish, finish up your thoughts. Yeah, so I would have tried to do that switch because, I mean, I like Sarge. I just think that he has more upside with the Sixers staying on team, but I understand they gave a lot up. So, in the end, um, it, like I said, it, it's like a win, kind of lose. Like, you're losing just for kind of this season. I mean, you could still make a push and all that. You're definitely going to make the playoffs. You could definitely make a push maybe to the Eastern Conference Finals or, like, really go seven games with the team, but in the long run, it's going to help you out because now you have three solid people to build around. Now you start getting the core members to play with them and who matches them. So in the end, I mean, I think it's a, a really solid move for Philly. Just you gave up a like you're already your big flaw this year was the lack of depth. And then you trade two more people to get more. And then Jared Bayless too. I mean, he hasn't really played, but that's still a guard in case, you know, Simmons goes down and all that. So, yeah, I mean he can get you minutes, but they don't. They don't. I mean they got plenty of guards. Um, yeah, I mean the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I, 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 I think it's funny that you said you would you would have preferred that they included Fultz instead of Sarich. I would have preferred that they included Fultz instead of Covington, um, simply because I feel like if you have a big three of Jimmy Butler. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and then you have Covington and Redick. Like that's that. It, plus, plus, you you don't lose the depth. Uh, you, like the depth issue isn't as much because if, if if you have plenty of guards, you still have T.J. McConnell. You have Landry Shamit. He's been playing pretty well. Um, Zaire Smith is hurt, but he's probably going to be a good player long term for them. Um, uh, I, I don't look at Korkmaz as, as a long-term piece, um, but he's there this season, um, so you at least have a body you can throw out there in him. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, you have Wilson Chandler to back up Butler and Covington, 
um, I would I would just slide Covington to the four. That would be the best defensive you like unit and team probably uh, in the whole NBA. Like that that defense would just be tenacious. Um, just their ability to switch and everything else. And like to me, I I really am curious as to if they tried to put Fultz in that deal um, and tried to keep either Sarich or Covington. Um, and if they didn't, then they're fucking stupid. Um, and I probably would have even, if I could have kept Covington and sent Fultz and said, I probably would have even given up that heat pick, honestly. And it's not, I know the optics of it would look bad, but the thing is you would literally be completing the process. If you had that big three with Reddick and Covington as your starting unit, like that that's just like you your team is set for the next three, four years as long as everybody stays healthy. Um I, I would give Butler and, and a guy like Reddick who's a little older but um the way he plays um is, is more sustainable. Um but I would give them a nice three to four year window whereas like now I don't. I don't even feel like. I feel like their window is still like three to four years, but I don't feel like their window's really open yet. Because, like you said, like this team still is not the best team in the East, much less beating the Warriors. So, like, I would have. I would have so much rather have just gotten out of Fultz. And 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 here's the other thing too. If I'm Minnesota, like. I feel like I would rather have Fultz than Covington. Um, and, and obviously Covington is a much better player right now, but we know exactly what Covington is. There's still a lot of potential with Fultz. And you don't, like, they would be able to, like, gradually work him in, play him behind. you got Teague for two more years. You can play him behind Teague and behind Rose um, and, and kind of integrate him gradually. Um and just and fucking take a gamble on somebody who's just got whose ceiling is just super fucking high, um, if he can get back to what he was in college, um, and and this the the like athleticism and skill set should be there. Well, at least the athleticism, um, but I don't know. I mean, I could see. I could see why Tibbs wouldn't want him because he doesn't help you win now, whereas Robert Covington maybe wins you five extra games. But, like, I would be thinking long-term if I was uh, Glenn Taylor, I think his name is, the owner, um, and basically be looking, like, down like down the way and say, okay, if I can have, like, in three years' time, um, essentially a starting lineup of Markel Fultz, Josh Okoge, Andrew Wiggins, Dario Saric, and Carl Anthony Towns. And those guys get better, all get better. Um, that could be a really, 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 really good team. Um, and that is what I would have been looking at had I been them. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I don't know if Philly would have done it. I don't know if Philly still wants to keep faults or what, what the deal is with that. But maybe – at the very least, I would throw in, like, one of Philly's picks, if not that Miami Heat pick. Like, 
just like I said, because you'd be done. Like you would have everything you needed. And the fact that you could trade for Jimmy Butler, like that would, that would essentially your, your rotation would be set. Your defense would be stout and it would, it would afford you the ability to keep all of your depths, not just this season, but to re-sign Reddick next season, to have plenty of cap space to re-sign Reddick, um, to re-sign Wilson Chandler, if, if that's what they intend on doing with him. Um, but they would, they would be fine. Like that, that would be, that would have been a perfectly good move. Um, and you would, you would essentially surround uh, Simmons with four dudes who can shoot the ball. Um, that's, that's not what, what they got out of this deal. So it, in a vacuum, sure, it's a good deal. Um, you're like Jimmy Butler is that much better than both Robert Covington and Darius Arch combined. But, um, as you said, like with all of the variables, and we haven't really even discussed the variables of how Jimmy Butler is going to fit in with this team um, and with this locker room and all of that. I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see on that. But yeah, there's, there's. I, I really, really want to be optimistic about it, but I'm, I find it hard to be. Um, and then you know, for Minnesota, it's like you waited and waited and waited and waited and you probably had better offers on the table. Um, if Josh, if Josh Richardson was ever in any package as he was rumored to be earlier when they said no to the heat. Um, and then later he was not, uh, involved in any sort of package. They really fucked up, not just pulling the trigger on that deal. Um, because that is, actually would have made a lot more sense than what they got out of this deal as far as what their lineup means. Um, I think that would have been a better deal. Um, what, what, some of the other deals, uh, what did you think? I, like, for instance, I thought New Orleans could put together an interesting package, and I had mentioned this maybe to Joel. I might, maybe I'd run it by you too. Um, but I, I thought it would have been interesting for them to essentially trade Miritich, um, Etwan Moore, and Solomon Hill for Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jang, and maybe throw in a first. Um, but like, essentially, like that that team you would you would now have you'd be getting the best player in the deal, and you could now play your three best players all at the same time, which they like well four four best players all at the same time which they currently can't do because um their number 1, number 3 and number 4 guy all can't be on the floor at the same time. So like plus, you know, taking Gorgie Jang, yeah, that contract sucks, but he would be able to essentially um fill a lot of minutes since you were losing Miritich. Um so I don't know, I think that would have been a a really interesting deal for both teams, but um what what were some of the other deals that you kind of heard about out there? And did you think that this Philly deal was the best one for Minnesota? No, I mean, um, I heard uh, New Orleans didn't want to put um, Drew Holiday on the, uh, on the table. And oh, so that now. makes complete sense. So that makes complete sense for them. Um, I think the no, Houston there's no way final... I would have put Drew Holiday on the table. Like, no, <laughs> it's the same thing when we when we were talking um, Blazers. 
And, I mean, you and I both said there's no way you put McCollum on the table. There's no way Washington puts Beal on the table. Like, you're not going to get back somebody who's almost as good as Jimmy Butler. It just wasn't going to happen. But, anyway, I'm sorry to continue. No, so, I mean, so, I mean, that's who I'd want to if I was them. So, I wouldn't take anything else from New Orleans, even though what you said would be a nice package, but not what I'm looking for, especially if I'm sure. Tibbs and – and I'm trying to keep, you know, compete now. Um, if Josh Richardson was on the table, I would have done it. But then, no, I, like, so I think I'll just get to my point real quick. I think they did get the best deal out of what they could have done, and they he did good by standing pat. Here's why: because yeah, you could have got Josh Richardson. Don't get me wrong; it's really, it's really good. But every year he gets better and better, so you got to sell that to to Tibbs and all that, like. Covington's already there. Like, he's already a first-team all-defense. So, you're making up for Andrew Wiggins, who's really, like, you've already put a lot of money into it. So, you have to you have to make up for that. And then, sure. Sarage is going gonna, is gonna to help you out in your bigs because Tosh Gibson, don't get me wrong, he's a good player and all that, but he needs to go to the bench. He's not a starter anymore. So, now you have a right. power forward that really knows how to play with a center and what they want to do because all they got to do is basically he's a really good mimic passer. Yeah, mimic. So you get two solid guys. So yeah, you'd be getting Richardson, but you're not getting anything else with Richardson. I don't think they're trying to throw in that much. So you're just getting like a Josh Richardson. Now, I I think their final rumor was um, Dragic and uh, just Winslow and Justin and Winslow. Yeah. But see, that that's a decent. So that that's a pretty good, you know, pretty good little package. Um, yeah, but the Dragons can walk at the end too. of the season. And, yeah. I mean, I guess you would – I guess conceivably you would play – run a two-point guard system. I mean, that's the only way that I could see that um, working. Um, but Or or you could try and trade Teague, say, to a team like Phoenix. Although I think Phoenix is already embracing the tank again, honestly. Um, I think any any notion of them trying to get a veteran point guard died, you know, and basically after the first like 10 games of the season because they've only won one game. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I would have taken that trade. I mean, out of the trades that were reportedly available um, because they, they, it was never confirmed that Richardson was even available. There was rumors, but it wasn't confirmed. Um, but out of the trades that were, that seem were seemingly there, I do think this was probably the best one. Um, I don't think it was the best version of it um, for either side. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, it's a thing when you're, when you're trying to trade a guy who's this disgruntled um, and this loud about it and, you know, is a free agent at the end of the year. Like, it's, it's going to be hard to get any sort of decent return. So the fact that they got two quality players um, – isn't bad in the grand scheme of things. Um, and two quality players that they, you know, ha- have control over uh, for a while. I mean, uh, Rocco's on a four-year deal, a team-friendly four-year deal, um, and Sarge has still got two years left on his rookie deal. So, you know, at least they know they're going to have him for a while, whereas if you trade for Dragic, he could be gone next season. So, um, and then all you're getting out of it is Justice Winslow and – I don't know, maybe a pick that's hovering around the late teens, early twenties. Um, not, I, don't, 
I don't think that's better than what they got. So um, the only the, the only reason that the um, the uh, New Orleans deal intrigues me is that they I feel like in in my head I feel like there was a trade that could work for both teams and then they get off Gorgie Jang's contract. Um, but that you know I mean that obviously would have required. Um, you know, New Orleans to do that, and who knows if they would have been willing to do that or not. Um, but if all you're giving up is Miritich and Moore and Solomon Hill, I feel like, you know, it's reasonable that you would take that, take him back. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, Joel, it looks like he is on the line. Joel, what's up, man? Some doggies. Nothing much, dude. All right, we're we're kind of uh, finishing up uh, the the Butler trade talk. So uh, just offer your general thoughts on the trade for both teams. Uh, my general thoughts are very much finally of my initial reaction, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> uh, it was just it was just about time at this point. I just need that to get be done and over with, and I'm happy that it is finalized and it's over with. And yeah, you, know, you know, I mean. Minnesota had other offers. Uh, I, I think probably, I mean, you could argue that they were better offers. Um, even though this one, they didn't, I don't think they, they did bad with it. They got two very good starters, I think, in my opinion, for an all-star. They got a second-round pick out of it, but it is what it is. Uh, the key pieces were the starting caliber players they got in return. Um, but you solidify the big three in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and indeed, and now it's just a matter of filling in around, uh, filling in around them. Because I just don't, I don't believe this is the end. I think it's just the beginning of them forming something. Uh, because obviously they're they, they're obviously incomplete at the moment. Uh, they have right. a good uh, solid three, but I mean surrounding them, it's just not enough to to go deep, and even in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so uh, this is just the beginning of uh, more moves to come. I see for Philadelphia. Yeah, and the one interesting thing uh, with that is they don't have a lot of capital as far as future firsts. They have their own, of course, and they have the heat pick, which is still more than most teams. But, I mean, they're they're not in a position like they once were where they had tons of first-round picks to, to throw about. Um, I feel like the only team really left in that regard that's actually competitive to is Boston. Uh, so, so big ups to, uh, uh, Luke's boy, Danny. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, uh, they do have a shit ton of good second rounders, like really high quality second round picks. I think they own like three of the Knicks upcoming second rounders. They got a couple Brooklyn second round picks, uh, and at least one Sacramento second round pick. Um, so they have some decent, um, still some decent capital that they can utilize. And if you're like, you know, if you're in a position where you're not winning uh, and you can get an, an expiring contract and a couple quality seconds uh, and you're not winning and you, and you give up a guy who maybe you don't see as long-term fit, um, maybe they can make that work. Um, I, I definitely think they should try to trade Fultz if they can. Um, I don't, I don't know. It would take a lot. I mean, the simple fact that um, that I would imagine the, – the weird thing for me is I would imagine, um, as I was saying earlier, that they would have rather included him in this deal other than 
either Covington or Sarich. Um, like, I would just think that, if, at least from Philly's perspective, that would have made sense. Um, and I have, to, I, I have to feel like Minnesota was just like, no, nah, we, don't, we don't want him. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah. so if you're looking at it. don't like young guys. Right. <laughs> well, and if you're, so if you're looking at it from that perspective, I think you then have to use that as any sort of speculation as to what, like, what his value is right now. Um, and that's pretty much not a lot. I mean, at the very least, he's not as valuable as a role-playing starter. Um, and, you know, that's, that's saying a lot. And it's like, damn, well, part of the, part of the like, beauty of keeping one of those two guys was, you know, keeping continuity and everything else. But, like, do you really want to trade him for a role-playing starter um, who you don't have that continuity with? And if so, what team out there needs a point guard? I mean, there's like three teams that need point guards. There's your Knicks. Um, Joel could probably use a long-term point guard solution. At the very least, they don't. I don't think there's anybody on that team that you're confident in. Um, to, no. to <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but like, I mean, your GM of the Knicks, who are you giving up for Markel Fultz? Anybody? Exactly. I understand. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely not giving up any of my good young pieces. Um, the, right. the the magic come to mind. Would they give up Jonathan Isaac? I I would like that trade, but I don't think I don't think they would. I think um, you know Luke Luke mentioned the other day that they would probably more likely want to trade Aaron Gordon, and the Sixers can't afford to take on that much salary. Um, I mean, they could include Wilson Chandler in the trade, but, like, then you're hurting your depth even more. Um, and, like, the Suns, but what are the, what are you going to get from the Suns? Like, do you think right. maybe the Suns would be desperate enough to say, like, um, we'll give you Trevor, like, when, 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 uh, when they're able to trade Trevor Ariza, we'll give you Trevor Ariza right. and, the, and, the, and the Milwaukee pick. And is that enough? That's like, not bad. Would, would you take that, Luke? At this point in time, would you take Trevor Ariza and, and the Milwaukee pick? Um, and if you're the Suns, like, you're not keeping Trevor Ariza, so essentially you're giving up you're giving up a, a, a late first-rounder to, to roll the dice on Markel Fultz. No, I wouldn't do it. Um, Fultz is still very young, still in a lot of contract. All I'm getting is Ariza is uh, – an expiring contract for one year. I'd rather jo- like Jackson. Give me back Jackson. Let his project okay. be mine over here. Like that could be a switch. You guys might be done with Jackson. We'll give you Fultz and all that. But no, Trevor Reza, no. Yeah, see, I would be, I would be of the mindset that you would resign him. Like, you, granted, he's only signed for one year, but like you would make the trade and then add him to your roster and resign him, and you'd have that depth. So like you'd you'd be Fultz looking is just at so cheap though. Yeah, but I mean I don't think I don't think Ariza's I mean he he's not well first of all he's not that cheap he's like nine ten million dollars next season, um, and I don't I don't think Ariza's going to get another fifteen million dollar deal. Um, I could be wrong, but um, you know like I mean the, the, the discrepancy even in their through. contracts right now <laughs> is not that big. Um, my I mean I would I don't know if I don't think I would do it either just because it's mainly because of Ariza's age. Um, that would that would concern me. Um, 
But, yeah, so anyway, the point being, it's going to be really hard for them to find somebody who would be intrigued enough with Fultz, could use Fultz, is willing to roll the dice, and then all of that line yeah. up with them getting some kind of decent return. Um, so they have yeah, to be, it's gonna be tough. young project for young project, in my opinion. Like, like what he was just saying with Josh Jackson, or like you were saying yeah. with um, John, uh, Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, like that. yeah. Yeah, um, and maybe they could figure out something there. Um, I, I would, I'd rather have Jonathan Isaac than Josh Jackson, only because I feel like he's got a, more potential to be a better shooter. Um, not that he's shown mm-hmm. that thus far. I just feel like his his um, like his stroke is a little nicer, and he um, like projected pro- projected better as a shooter. Uh, you know, when we were, um, you know, scouting all these guys in, in the draft two right. years ago. Um, and he hasn't had as much time as, as Jackson has. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that it's tough. It's really tough. And I think with either one of those trades, um, I think those teams are going to push back on you and say, oh, we'll think about it. Throw us that Miami pick and, and you know, let's 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 then we can really start talking, you know, and it's like, damn, like, I don't fucking, I ain't even sure about this motherfucker. I don't want to give up, like, <laughs> this dude yeah. in the Miami pick. So it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough uh, for them to fill out this roster this season. Now, in the off season, they will have a fair amount of cap space, um, about $20 million. Now, you have to think, and that's that's including uh, Jimmy Butler's um, cap hold, uh, right. but you have to think a lot of that's probably going to go to Redick. Where does how much yeah. do you have left over when all that's said and done? Um, and who who can you really get who you would trust um, like long term? Uh, you know, uh, for around eight eight to ten million dollars, like. I don't know. As that's even that's going to be tough, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, and you know, if if you do something like that, then you're obviously you're losing Wilson Chandler, you're losing T.J. McConnell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's tough. That's really that's fucking tough. So they're 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 in a lot of yeah. they've got a lot of big decisions coming up, and and uh, it's a little scary. Uh, I, I, in my opinion, if you're a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, but anyway, um, I can fucking t- talk this whole fucking episode just about this. Um, but I'm not going to, we need to move on cause we've got a lot of fucking topics. Um, so it just fucking dropped today. Carmelo Anthony is no longer a member of the Houston Rockets. Uh, I just want to, kind of kick it around. Uh, I'm going to start with you on this one, Joel. Um, do you think this is the right decision from, by the Houston Rockets? Do you think Carmelo Anthony was their biggest problem uh, on this team? Uh, and where would you like to see Melo end up? Uh, I think it's – I'm not opposed to the decision. Uh, they're obviously yeah. not doing well. Uh, I'm not blaming it all. Though. I don't think it's fair to him to blame the Rockets issues on one player and a guy that's not that important to the team. Um, so for me, uh, I understand where the, why they're doing it. Uh, it's just not working out. And 
I think a lot of the reason is not more uh, because of his struggles with the team. It's more because I don't think the coach wanted him there in the first place. You can see by how yeah. he used it. Well, you don't start the guy over fucking James Ennis. I'm like, that's fucking, that's disrespectful, <laughs> James Ennis. Uh, but, but it's just, it is what it is. Like, his time is up, man. It's probably time for him to retire. I feel bad for him because I still got a lot of love for him. But at the same time, he's not helping as much, you know. Teams just do better with him not on the floor. It's just, it's facts. I mean, yeah. That's hard facts. and. As much as I'd love to see him go somewhere and help them, and I think he still can help as long as he's not a key player like he was supposed to be in Houston. I just think the chemistry was wrong there in Houston more than anything. And that was him yeah. and the coaching staff more so than him and the players. You know what I mean? Well, um, and I, well, I think and the it's team... just skill set. Like, they need right. – like, yeah. Houston famously <laughs> likes guys who hit threes and play defense for their role players. Right. Like, Carmelo Anthony doesn't do either one of those things. <laughs> Exactly, yes. That's exactly right. And I think that's why he could probably fit better somewhere else. I was thinking about maybe a team like New Orleans, even though I've heard they're not, they have no interest. The Lakers, if they could find a spot for him because they're full at the moment. Uh, Miami, because it's Miami. And then, of course, uh, Philadelphia, because there is a spot there for him in Philadelphia where there is a need. Um, it's probably too big a role for him there, but at the same time, right. he fits a need in Philadelphia. Well, you know what? I think, I think at the very least, what they could do is they could bring in Carmelo Anthony and then roll him out, uh, like off the, off the bench along with Markel Fultz as like a measuring stick <laughs> for Markel Fultz right? and be like, hey, yep. like look, Markel's not that bad. He's better than Carmelo Anthony. Right. Um, we'll see who can shoot better that night. Yeah, exactly. We'll and then shoot. after about. After you go ten and ten over the next twenty games, uh, then they cut Mello and send him back in, um, and hopefully you have boosted uh, the confidence of Mark Fultz by that point. Um, I kid, I kid. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to you, Luke. Was same question or questions, plural? Um, I kind of feel bad for Mello. I think he's just in, like. Like Joel was saying, uh, definitely just coaching staff wasn't feeling him. But also, like, he's kind of getting the burden, like, of their bad decisions this offseason. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? He would have been perfect on last year's team when they had Trevor Ariza and Bob Mute to play defense yeah. and cover up. And now he's just out there just shooting threes and do whatever he wants to do on the second unit. That would have been a good mellow on Houston. But, no, they sure. make some – bad moves and then they're like Melo we need you to bail us out and he's he just right. he's has a lot of miles on um you know he's just he's pretty old uh he's <laughs> he's had to do a lot in his career so I just think I just don't think like where they wanted him to to be as a player he's just not there yet uh so I, I do kind of feel bad for Melo like that um as for like where he goes now it's it's hard because I mean you got to go to a team that's going to contend. I mean you don't want to just right. go to like Sacramento or something like that. Or hey Sacramento man, Sacramento's good ball and son, you take that they, back. I know. Sacramento. <laughs> but I'm they filled that say, spot like, already. He, he still, fuck it. <laughs> that, that shit's the funniest shit to me. Seriously, sorry to sidetrack for a second, but both Memphis and Sacramento are both in the playoff picture out west, and you know Luke's watching these games like. When the fuck are these teams going to start losing? What the fuck? 
<laughs> no, yeah, I hate it every day that I look at a box score and they beat the Spurs the other night. I'm like, Spurs, what in God's name are you doing out there? But anyways, right. back to back to the mellow. Um, so he's gonna, you know, he's still he he still thinks he's. I mean, he still is a very good player. Um, just uh, he needs to find a coach that can. He needs to go to a, a very structured team that um, you know, you're gonna have a good coach and be able to do something. Um, I think a dark horse team, I don't know if they'd want to do it, but it might be interesting is Milwaukee. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Bud's a good coach. The way that they've been, the way that they've been, you know, shooting threes and all that, he's not going to be able to keep up the pace. But I mean, if you're getting Mm -hmm. good minutes out of John Henson and all that, you could probably do something with, with Melo. And when is, when is possible more depth ever going to hurt a team? If you can get him, if he's coming on the veterans men. So, that I, I mean, maybe them as a team, but other than that, I mean, it's really like we, like you guys are saying, like the Heat, maybe L.A. I don't think I don't see him doing any good on those teams, nor no. really competing to really need him to do that extra. Philly does make sense because, like you said, they traded all that, but geez, Philly, if that's what you're relying to on all your debt needs and what you just trade away, right. that's like he's. He's going into another bad situation. He's going into Houston. He can't bail you out of what you what you put yourself into. So yeah, kind yeah. of now talking myself into it. I think Milwaukee might be the best spot for him um, to play. Uh, I maybe Port. I, I don't think Portland's coach and all that could figure it out with him. I'm like not shaming on Portland's coaching staff, but they're, they're right. already a weird, weird big like kind of situation and all that. So yeah. Uh, Hopefully Mello makes it to a team and he's not retiring. I think he still maybe has one last good push. You know, if you can space them out, you know, get the good minutes out of him and all that, he might make you a good run. Always can score possibly ten points in a quarter, so you can't really teach that. You know, you always you always need scoring in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's very true. Um, but you want efficient scoring, and Mello just doesn't really offer that anymore. Um, because what he used to be really good at, he's not that good at anymore. Um, not to say he can't have you know, five minutes. Yeah, I still mellow. Um, the league isn't that way. Um, but no, I y'all you'll you'll pretty much re- like hit all the main points on shit. Mellow's not like the the fact that they're blaming Mellow, um, or a lot of people are blaming Mellow. It's we all know what it is. It's it's the facts both of you guys alluded to in kind of different ways, it's the fact that they don't have a reason, they don't have bottom minutes. They, if they had both those guys, Mello would be just fine filling in the eight minutes a game that Ryan Anderson gave them uh, when he played. Exactly. Uh, on that exactly. But, yeah, but when you're relying on him to do things that he doesn't do, um, it, it's not going to work for you. It's just not. Like, um, And, you know, that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. Um, and, but all that being said, I do think they were smart to just go ahead and move on because in, in granted a very small sample size, but I mean, you've already seen, it, it doesn't really work. It's not working. Um, it, you know, I would rather just go ahead and pull the plug and get out now and figure out what you're going to do, um, moving forward. Uh, and I think that's kind of what they're doing and that makes sense to me. Um, as far as where I would want to see him go, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my bartender last night, uh, Jacob, because uh, we were shooting the shit uh, 
uh, talking about some various NBA stuff. Uh, and he said the Spurs. And I was like, yeah. Like, I could actually fucking see that. Like, go in there, back up LaMarcus Aldridge. First of all, their games are so similar. Um, like, like you know, the the way those guys play basketball is very similar. Um, yeah, and just, I mean, you're only going to get, like, 12 to 16 minutes a night um, backing up uh, Aldridge. There, you'll get some nights where you're just a coach decision, DMP. Um, but, you know, you can at least, like Luke said, get like go into a system um and actually like play some uh that could incorporate that already kind of has a blueprint how to incorporate your style of play um so i mean that's kind of what i think now i think that would be his best option if the spurs have any interest um i don't know that they do they might rather just not deal with that and say uh, you know what, we'll just keep giving those minutes to Dante Cunningham. Um, and that's fine. I mean, that, that, that might very well be what they do. Um, but if, if they wanted that to give it a shot, I mean, I feel like that would be his best, best case scenario. But, uh, but for just for my like own, um, like pleasure of, of watching NBA headlines, I want him to go to the Washington Wizards so fucking bad. Like oh, no. that that would be the fucking best, dude. Could you imagine, Pretty like, much. Mello joining that fucking circus that's going on over in Washington? Like, fuck, dude. I, if I was Adam Silver, I would be like, I won't even, I won't even make you pay the luxury tax if y'all, if y'all bring in Mello. Like, I'm for real right <laughs> now. Um, just, dude, that would be so. And you know what's crazy? I was telling Luke this before the show. Like, can you imagine five years ago if like somebody was talking about, hey, you know what's going to be crazy? Like the Wizards five years from now are going to have John Wall, Bradley Beal is going to be one of the best shooting guards in the league, Otto Porter is going to be a really solid 3 and D guy, Marquise Morris is going to still be playing good. They're also going to have Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony. Like you would have been like, damn, dude, that team is going to be really fucking good. And like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, um, or not, and he would not help them at all, but it would be so much fucking fun to watch. Like, I would just I would relish in that uh, opportunity. Um, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately for me. Um, anyway, uh, before we wrap it up, Luke, you got anything else to add? Any thoughts on no, him I was just gonna, uh, I was just going to add to, like, the mellow thing is you like all you need is one good Jeff Green game out of him in the playoffs. Like if Jeff Green can do it, if Joe Johnson did it for the Jazz, like Paul sure. Pierce mm-hmm. did it for the Wizards that won in Hawks, Melo can figure it out. You just got to get him in the right thing. Like I like Spurs would be because they've been kind of doing this weird ISO play that Pop's never done. I just don't think he'd want to take him on right now, Pop, because they right. more need point guards and guards. But that that would be smart. But like. Yeah, I think Melo, if he could go the right situation, you can just space him out, you know, sit him, don't play him back-to-backs, like really spare him out and, like, get him get him along and, like, like acclimate to your team. I think by playoff game, he could have a Jeff Green game where you're just like, how did Melo just beat us? Like, this just happened. <laughs> Melo just went back in time. You know, so right. that's what I think about it. If Jeff Green did it to a 
to the Celtics last year, you, they they could definitely get a Mello. You know, Mello can definitely do that one more time, just like Jeff Green. Yeah, I mean, it, like like you said, I mean, it's just it takes having him in in the, the you know perfect situation, and I would argue it takes more of a perfect situation for him than it does Jeff Green. I mean, Jeff Green is wildly inconsistent, but he's his like his build and body type and skill set still are way better fits for today's NBA than Carmelo Anthony's. Um, and you know, I don't know, man. I, I I want to say you're right, and like yeah, he he could have one of those games, um, but I think I, I think it would be I think the cost would be too high. Like I think usually like Jeff Green, he he's he'll you're right he'll have like one good game and then won't do shit for like for like twelve games, um, but like usually yeah, like Jeff Green hurts you. You know what I mean? Like he he's like he'll he'll still contend shots. Um, not not like super well or anything, but you know, like he he kind of tries. Um, he he like if he's having a, an off night, he'll go zero for five. Whereas you know, Mello could go like one for fucking thirteen. Uh, and yep. I don't know. Like I I just think the detriment of the bad games that you would have to tolerate for Mello would not outweigh the one or maybe even two like good games that he has. Um, it would it would take it would take a, a perfect storm for that to happen, and I just don't know if that storm is anywhere out there right now. Maybe what's best for Mello is just take take time off, keep in shape, and then start start looking at. Like, don't make a decision now. Yeah, start looking at what the league's looking like. Um, you know, uh, like after after buyout season and after you know, the trade deadline and things like that, like maybe that would be a better time to kind of um, for him to make a decision. I don't know. Um, there's no there's no clear answers on this one. Um, I will say this, right. Joel, I know you said you do not want the Knicks to pick him up, that it would be counterintuitive no. um, to what they're doing. To however, however um, if he doesn't get picked up for the rest of the season, would you consider bringing him back uh, – at the tail end of the season, once everything's fucking put away and just fucking letting him play a handful of games at the tail end of the season for him to finish his career in New York. I would not be opposed as long as he retires at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bet. Like, that's that's kind of – see, that's kind of what – honestly, like, if he – if, like, no contender wants him, I'd rather see him do that. Like and even if New York doesn't want him, I'd rather see him, whether it's you know now or the end of the season or what have you. Like sign sign a ten day contract, <laughs> sign a ten day contract yeah. with the with the Knicks, play three or four games, and then fucking call it quits. You know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's 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 going to be interesting. I feel like there's going to be at least one one fucking GM out there who's like. You know what though? Like they haven't tried this with Melo, and it's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, like, go ahead and try. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, we need to take a brief moment uh, to get in a word from our sponsor. Um, bup, bup, uh, fuck, do I not have it pulled up? 
No. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna take a word. We're we're gonna uh, we're gonna get a word from our sponsor in after the next topic. Uh, sorry for my lack of professionalism. Um, uh, let's go ahead and get this one in. We'll be kind of quick with this one anyway. Um, by the way, I, I I wrote this headline and it doesn't really fit the way like the mold of how our show goes. It sounds more like a um, like something you'd read in a newspaper. But I liked it so much that mm-hmm. I I just kept it. Um, so here we go. The dominant Devils three of Duke are destined to damn their adversaries. Um, I was really proud of that one. Um, but, uh, and, oh, and, and by the way, I'm coining that shit now. The Devils three. Um, like that that should be this, this group's fucking nickname because that sounds kind of badass. Obviously, there's a blue. Uh, the Devils three. Know, I like Duke, it. Blue Devils. Um but yeah, the Devil Three, man. Like I, I think it's got a good ring to it. Uh, but anyway, Luke, um, I know you're probably the biggest purveyor of uh, college basketball in in this circle. Um, what has impressed you most about any one of these guys, or all three of them, or however you want to handle it? Oh man, I mean, all three of them. You got to just, uh, I mean, flat out. So being a being a big Kentucky fan, you know, I was kind of like going into like the first game of the season, kind of like, there's no way, you know, they're just only a top three prospects, you know, there's no way they can beat a whole team in the end because Duke's kind of lacking some depth that, you know, I felt Kentucky had, but no, three kids really did beat a whole team. <laughs> like these kids are yeah. crazy good. Like, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see a tandem like this. It's hard to compare them to anyone just because it's just three of them. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Little Jones is good, but, I mean, you're just <clears throat> going to be outshadowed when you have three players play. I mean, they're all just playing really good basketball. I mean, I kind of saw this coming into the season. I mean, I've been talking it up to all my Hawks friends, just like, dude, you got to get excited. Like, you could possibly get two of these guys in, like, you know, next year's draft. I mean, that would just be – like unbelievable just to build around. I mean, yeah. they're definitely building their case to be one, two, three. I mean, they're a whole season's going to go along, but they're definitely building the case to it. I mean, you just look at them all around. I mean, Cam Reddish is, he's pretty like, they're all like crazy. Like, like, like just the way that they're built, like all three, like Cam Reddish is very big. When you look at him, he's like, yeah. he's a lot, he's tall. He's taller than him, but he just feels like he's a lot taller than him. But he's got the best shot out of all of them. Like, he can right. shoot the three ball lights out. I mean, he set the record the other night against Army for Duke. He made seven threes by a freshman. I mean, no freshman's ever done. I mean, you got to think they have J.J. Reddick as one of, like, right. the best three-point players. And he didn't even have that. Like, this is how good Cam Reddish is at shooting the three, and that's his game. Like, he's a good shooter, and that's what they're using. Like, they're just using him all in their best, like, Best, like, I didn't think they'd mesh as well. Like, they're just using the best, like, attributes. So, you got Reddish, who's that game where you just, like, look at him, like, man, this kid's really, like, he's really big, he's really tall, and all that. And then you go to Zion, you're just like, what is this? Like, how did you he's even create, a fucking, how did you even create like, this? What are you doing? In a lab, yeah. Just like, in a lab, um, like, what he did the other night, I don't, uh, he had three blocks in one possession. You're just like, what yeah. are you – like, seriously. And the way he was just going after, it wasn't just like, 
tap, tap. No, like, he was, like, super aggressive about these blocks, excited, and that third one was just, like, mean. And he jumps. Like, the way he can jump up there, I don't think – that's what jukes out a lot of players. I mean, at the college level, it's like, I don't think they understand his bounce and his – and his, like, he can really jump until he's, like, in the air and you're just like, no, whoa, oh, man, that just got blocked. Dang. Like, he can snag the ball there. And the crazy thing is I'm pretty sure he's – shooting over 80% from the field right now. Like, uh, I know the first game he only missed, I think, three shots, and I think last game he missed two. So that's mm-hmm. pretty crazy right there. I mean, he just knows how to – he knows how to, like, he, he knows his game. And he's actually a very good passer and like, getting yes. the rebound and actually, like, bringing up the ball and setting up the offense. I mean, that pass that he had the first game with R.J. Barrett, you're just like, what? It was Like, seriously – you're this good. Like, not only did you just what? snag the cookies from someone on the other side, but you're bringing the ball down, and then you're like, oh, well, hey, let me just thread it between the two of you to my boy right here. And, yeah, so it's just what what he's doing. And then R.J. Barrett, I mean, I think right now he's, he's got it all out of all of them. He's got the best IQ. He's, he's just got a game. I mean, very aggressive. That first game, scoring like 30, 30-something points, he's very – He's very smart. He's um, he's like the mature one. I feel like like even though they're all very mature and all that, I feel like he's got yeah. like an old man game. He just he he he's got that old man mentality because he's been his his godfather is Steve Nash, so and his dad's like a professional. He like runs a professional Canadian team, like helped that all out. So I think you know he's always been around basketball and all that. So I think like he's the the one that like you know he's, he's got it all when like you know very probably polite, professional, and all that, and just really smart on that court. Like, what you want out of a, a point forward. He can run the team and all that. He definitely scores when you need him. He gets to the line a lot. Like, he knows how to get to the line. So, it's just – it's crazy what these these three freshmen have in store for them. I'm excited to keep on watching it just because – here's – I wanted to say this earlier, and, and it's going to be funny that we're getting back to the Fultz, uh, the Fultz talks, but – Here's why the Sixers mm-hmm. can't trade Fultz for anyone but goodness, because in the end, they might have just traded Fultz for Jason Tatum and maybe Zion Williams, or Jason Tatum <laughs> or Cam Reddish, or Jason Tatum and R.J. Barrett. You have to get fucking a blank. lot out of – you have to get out of one of those three. The Celtics have a chance to get one of them with Jason Tatum. So you right now, the Sixers and Elton Brand, you've done a good job. You know, you got Butler and all that. You have to get a lot out of Fultz. I know this is the last regime and all that, but if you're getting something out of Fultz, you can't be looking back at the Celtics and be like, wow, Jason Tatum and R.J. Parrott are now playing, and this is what we have to, like, deal with. And we don't – Fultz is – Fultz is – Pump faking guys at the free throw line and then missing it. He didn't even make it. He just <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's it's pretty bad. Um, I I got two questions for you, Luke, before we move on. Um, and and I'm assuming Joel. I mean, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, he pretty much just summed everything up that I any of what I was gonna no. say, but well, not really, honestly. <laughs> it sums it up pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but no, I got two questions. 
what what percentage chance do you give uh, Duke to go undefeated? I mean, regardless of how great they are, and they are fucking great, it's really fucking hard to go undefeated. So, like, do you give them a chance to go undefeated? And if so, like, what what ballpark number would you put on it, Luke? Um, and then my second question is, um, how much would you riot and want want to launch an investigation if the Kings pick miraculously ended up being the number one pick and went to Philly. <laughs> oh man, that second one right now. Um, first off, uh, um, the percentage I give them, um, you know, I, I do think they're a really good team and all that. Um, I maybe just a slight, like over like 50%, like 54, just because they're going to have to play Kansas. I'm going on I'm to sure Yeah. Do, well, they got to play Kansas soon in, in a, in a tournament. So that's going to be a big test so they can play Kansas. Kansas is a good team, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm saying your number that. is ungodly high. Like, I, like you know, I, I, I mean, ungodly they just destroyed, high. They just destroyed my Kentucky Wildcats. Like, I don't even know what happened out there. I was like, yeah, man, they, did. they had, like, a pretty good, solid team. But, like, so, you know, you got to go I, play, I, like, I Virginia on the road and, like, I was gonna say, ACC I, I mean, there's so many really good hard, ACC but, teams. Yeah. I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just going with them like they're really good right now. But yeah, I actually I want to go low with it now, just because like we're saying, the ACC is probably the best division right now. They're really good this year. You got to go on the road, and if you can get past this Kansas team, but if they blow out Kansas when before they get in this ACC run, yeah, I don't see any ACC team really just shaking them. They're just going to dominate everyone if they really get through that. Uh, because I mean. If you can beat this Kansas, this Kansas team's got a lot of depth at the, the bigs. I don't see a, a – that's where I see Duke getting beat is a very dominant big team, being able to match up with them and, and having a big guy going, going you know, down low with them because, you know, they don't really have that center. I don't see anyone in the ACC like that. So, that's, yeah, that's I my feel like, downplay on the, on the, on the ACC. I feel right like even if a team had, like, a really big center – like, like say a dude who's like seven feet tall, you just be like, "Hey Zion, go guard that guy who's like seven inches taller than you for us." Um, just, <laughs> just fucking shove him around the paint, man. Like, and and Zion would be like, "Yeah, no problem." Like, uh, I will like barely like bump this dude, and he's gonna fly like ten feet because I'm 280 pounds and fucking pure muscle. By the way, um, just a quick aside. I I am willing to fucking lay down money that um, every every fucking coach at Zion's uh, like middle school and high school and everything else was like, dude, you need to play football. You need to play football because um, that dude just built mm-hmm. like a football player. I'm bet I'm laying fucking odds that his mama was like, no, you are not playing football. You pick another sport, and that's why he was like, all right, I guess I'll play basketball because like that dude is not built like a basketball player. And he is doing things that basketball players do, but people who are built like him don't do. It's fucking crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it was a joking uh, question, but um, I did want to give you a chance to uh, to um, respond to it, Luke. Uh, how how pissed off would you be if the Sixers ended up getting the uh, the Kings pick, which at best case scenario they have a 14% chance, and that's if the Kings have the worst record, which is or one of the three worst records, <laughs> which is probably not going to happen at this point. 
Um, no, I'd be outraged, but um, luckily uh, there's already another corrupt team that they love to always give the first-round pick to, and that's the Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers. So I hate yes. to say it, but you're going to have to file an investigation on your behalf because they are somehow going to get the number one pick. And I'm mean, like, I hate yeah. the NBA. Everything's rigged about this draft. Um, you know, but as for, you know, the, if the Sixers get it, I would, yeah, I'd pretty much go crazy. I'd, I'd be but. Knowing knowing the NBA and how bad the Cavs are actually right now, that's who's getting the one pick this year. Yeah, well, they only have a 14% <laughs> chance. So, I mean, that the odds are more favorable than they have been in years past to um, teams one, outside one year, of the top like three. three percent, I think. That one year that they got it, like, not too long ago, they got it because yeah, no, it was fell less than out that. of it, and then they launched up. And it was like they what got it from happened? the Clippers pick for taking on um, uh, Baron Davis. Um, yeah, but I know that. that one but, uh, you know how like sometimes the three worst teams, if one of them lands in the top five, it shoots someone up. Like let, that's what happened this year. Right. And that's what happened oh, okay. with the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. They ended up going up, and then they're in the top three no matter what. And it's like, yo, the Cavs just were in the seventh seed right there. How did they just switch up there and then they get the number one? I was like, yo, I hate, I hate this right now. I was like, they just, uh, they just are giving everything to the Cavs. And you know what they did with that? That's the year they drafted Anthony Bennett. And I'm pretty sure. And it's like, okay, whatever. You're terrible, and you made a terrible choice yeah. because you guys are just, you're just a bad organization sometimes. Well, no, not sometimes. Yeah. Just well, all the, feel, all the time he ran off LeBron twice. I feel like it would, it would only be fair uh, that the Sixers. Um, get another shot to blow a draft pick um, simply because, like, they already got shafted in that fucking trade. You might as well, like, at least give them some consolation prize uh, and, uh, you know, give the Celtics the Sixers pick, which would be like, I don't know, like 25 or something, 23. Um, that, that just seems more it's, – it's, it's more of a fair world uh, if that happens, um, but it's not looking – not looking promising, but then again, uh, it, it, I mean, it's looking like that Kings pick might be like number seven, eight, nine range, um, as opposed to two, three, four range. But nevertheless, if you get uh, like the number eight overall pick from Sacramento, and then you know the number eleven overall pick from uh, from fucking uh, Memphis, um, and then have your own draft pick, and then you could still miraculously get the Clippers pick if they. What, if they're not in the lottery. Uh, so, yeah, fuck the Celtics. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, really, it's really tough, man. It's really tough. Uh, um, you know, actually, I, 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 I don't dislike the Celtics. It's just it's not fair is all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, um, let's, get, let's get to that uh, word from our sponsor now that I've got the script already. Uh, and our sponsor for this episode is Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat, similar to the kind of the way like a heated car seat works. Um, this clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, undergarments. Um, I got some of their socks. Fucking amazing. Like, I hate, I hate when my feet are cold. Um, and, like, you know, like, you can get, like, those, like, wool socks, like, the real heavy fucking socks, but then your feet get all fucking sweaty, and, and then, like, all wet inside the sock. You don't have a problem with this because it's, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. got the, the little heater in it, battery-powered, 
so fucking convenient. Um, so you just put these things on, and they heat up, and you feel great, and it's fucking awesome. Um, so I, I definitely would recommend to check out those socks. Uh, Action Heat is available in men's and women's attire, uh, offers great new styles, and is very reasonably priced. Uh, items starting at just $39.99. Uh, plus, if you go to actionheat.com, you can enter our code GVN at checkout and get 20% off uh, your order. So you can just go to actionheat.com backslash GVN or just go to actionheat.com and enter GVN uh, at, at the checkout and you'll get 20% off your order today. Christmas is around the corner, so you can uh, – great idea uh, for a Christmas gift and with winter already being here – and it seems like it's shaping up to be a really cold one. Uh, this just mm-hmm. makes so much sense. So control your environment with Action Heat, and we thank Action Heat for sponsoring this video. Um, all right, now back to some more NBA action. We've got a lot of players um, that are, that have kind of just been going off. Like they've they've been really really good. Um, so we're gonna highlight some of those guys. Uh, Jamal Murray. Went off for 48 fucking points, uh, I think, what, four days ago or five days ago, and almost got 50, much to uh, Kyrie's chagrin, <laughs> which I think that's so funny. Um, I really wanted Jawan to be on tonight because you know how Jawan mm-hmm. is. He, he, Jawan, like, never, ever subscribes to the unwritten rules of basketball like you and I do, Joel. That's true. Um, that's right. But he loves Kyrie Irving so fucking much. So I'm like, well, which way is he going to go with this? Is he going to like just yeah. like keep, keep up his love for Kyrie, or is he going to actually stand to the principle right. of fuck the unwritten rules of basketball, go get your fifty? Um, but unfortunately, he is not here uh, for me to pose that question. And I think it's safe to say that you agree with me on this. Like, I, maybe Kyrie pitched a little too much of a fit about it. But ultimately, I still kind of agree with Kyrie on that one. Like, it's a tacky way um, to try and get 50. Yeah, you could be. Um, right. Yeah, and that's why you miss, because karma's a bitch. Uh, but regardless, um, he did get 48, and he is averaging 18 points, 3.7 assists, 4.3 rebounds, and 1 point steals per game while helping elevate the Nuggets to a 9-4 and four start and a third seed out west. Um what uh, I mean that's that's just his stat line. He obviously had the game for forty eight. Um, what wh- where are you projecting Jamal Murray as of now, and how do you see him um, ultimately being best utilized by this team? Because there's been a lot of talk like, is he is he really a good enough playmaker to be a point guard? But you have Jokic, so you know he can do some of your playmaking. But still, is he better situated at the two? Um, so any of your thoughts on that and just his hot start to the season? No, I mean, congratulations to Jamal Murray. I mean, I like that kid, man. And he's probably, I'm not going to lie, he's probably suited better as a two, but he has worked out as a one thus far, and I'm not going to hate on that. Uh, uh, I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for the Nuggets because I'm like, he, he supplanted uh, Moody real quick, and then they shipped his ass out. So, um I got to give Murray credit, man. He, he deserves all the credit he can get for it. And he's, he's balling. And Denver got lucky on that one. So I knew he was going to be good coming out of college, but you didn't know what, what he was going to be. Was he going to be a two? Was he going to be a one? He was that tweener 
guy. But there's a lot of guys you asked that question about. Look at Steph. Steph was one of those type of players. Is, is he going to be a one? Is he going to be a two? Same thing with McCollum. And they eventually transitioned to one or the other. And somehow they managed to get Jamal Murray to be uh, just enough of a one to play the one, even though he's more of a scorer. As you saw, putting up almost 50, you're a scorer. You know what I mean? You don't do that by accident. It's because you're looking for your shot. So, um, all the power to the dude, man, honestly. And the Nuggets are looking good, and he's a big part of why they are looking the way they are. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, with Jokic, you know, as just being such a good facilitator and playmaker, it right. offers you the versatility to be able to utilize Murray in different ways. Um, so, you know, and the thing is, like, yeah, I agree with you, too. I think he would ultimately be better at the two. But it's like, then what do you do with Gary Harris and Will Barton? Like, right. It's like, I'd rather just have right. my best players on the floor and we'll figure it out. Um, and it's worth trying out. to pigeonhole people <laughs> in position. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and they haven't even had Will Barton. Um, I mean, he's obviously been dealing with right. some, he's been hurt. Some, yeah, some, some injuries uh, problems. So, um, so when they get him back, man, like that's going to be, that's going to be a really good team. I mean, I think we all had them making the playoffs this year. Um, you had them in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had them in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So we all had them making the playoffs this year. Um, but I don't think any of us necessarily thought that they would be like this good this early and granted it is still early. Um, but like, I mean, we were thinking they'd be one of those middle of the pack teams that, kind of finally made that bump to make like a seven or eight seed. Like they're looking, they're looking like they could potentially hold ground uh, on getting home court advantage uh, in, in a playoff series, which would be huge for Denver, um, especially with, you know, their use like that, that extra home game really helps a team like that. Um, and so, you know, like, and it, it definitely doesn't look unreasonable. I mean, the West is, it's pretty much the Warriors and everybody else. Um, so why not Denver? I mean, I think mm-hmm. Denver could, you know, potentially even get that two seed. Um, you know, I mean, it's just going to depend on yeah. do what now? So they play tonight. They play the Rockets tonight. Oh, word. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I mean, they're, they're looking really, really good. And yeah, Jamal Murray is a huge part of that. Very versatile player. Is he the best? Is he the best Canadian player in the world right now? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, wow, best Canadian. I might, I might have to say, yeah. I was going to say, the first person that pops in my head is probably Andrew Wiggins, but then he has yeah. he's kind of declined since his, his, his old uh, hype days. Uh, Tristan Thompson's one of those guys. He's really good. Olenek is good. Uh, he might be the best at the moment, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys who's put on that list, but at the moment, I mean, that's an NBA. I mean, there's probably some guys coming out of college, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I have something to say about that. But at the moment, uh, in the NBA, um, Jamal Murray probably is the best Canadian player at the moment. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's the best one that I can think of anyway. Um, like, yeah. and shit, maybe the second best Canadian player ever. I mean, obviously, Steve Nash is the best Canadian yeah, right. player. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... I, got, Damn, I, I can't I even think, think of anybody off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll do a follow up next week of of the the top ten best uh, NBA players Canadian. from Canada of all time. 
Oh, uh, right. well, right. actually, we'll probably do that on a very, very slow week. I don't know if it'll be next week. <laughs> but Team anyway, Canada. let's move on. Team Canada could look good if they decide to play together. Like, if all those guys decide to go and play on Team Canada, they could probably do something in the, in the, the World Cup and shit like that. If they ever decide <laughs> yeah. to, you know what I mean? Yeah, they probably cool. need a couple more pieces. Uh, but there's yeah, probably some Canadians in the league that we're not even thinking of, though. So, it's but true. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, as far as like a, but as far as like a, a starting lineup, like uh, Murray Wiggins, uh, you said Olenek, and then Thompson, and then throw in one That's other right. guy. Um, Just, um, so. um, damn it, what's his, what's his name? Uh, he's on the Pacers, the backup point guard. What's his name? Can't remember his name at the moment. Oh, uh, Canadian, uh Corey Joseph? Corey Joseph's Canadian, yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. I damn. That's I didn't even know he was Canadian. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, yeah. I didn't play for the Raptors. Uh, damn. So like, at one point, he was yeah. like at home. Yeah, he was like at home, and they were like, "No, we don't want you. We want fucking. We want a guy <laughs> named Miles, so we can Love all that. call him Kilometer." Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> let's let's move on. Uh, another highlight uh, is a guy. Who his team has not been playing well, but we ne- didn't necessarily expect them to be playing well. Um, but Zach Levine is earning his paper, man. He is averaging 27.1 points per game, four assists, 5.2 rebounds, and 1.2 steals per game. Like, this, you know, this was a guy who we all kind of set. I, I feel like you. And at least we're skeptical. You 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 very rarely take definite stances, Joel. So okay, but yeah, yeah. So you were skeptical about that contract, um, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe I, I might have let him walk, dude. That's a lot of money. Like, and and you still have the injury factor, so there is that. Um, but from what I remember, mm-hmm. the contract had some stipulations in it similar to Joel and Beat's contract, so they had some protection as far as injury um, was concerned. Right. Um, but nevertheless, like. He's definitely earning that that was uh the twenty two million a year no nineteen and a half million yeah. dollar a year for four years contract. He's, killing it. he's earning it, man. Right. Like the production he's putting up is worth twenty million dollars a year. Um, any way you cut it. Yeah. Um, is. and he's he's kind of becoming the leader of that team. By the way, I, I'm glad I, I didn't forget this because I did. I, I'll, I'll get your general thoughts on on Levine. But I did want to say this because I I remember like three months ish ago I posed the question um, with the whole when when Jimmy Butler the whole like Jimmy saga like kind of started that maybe mm-hmm. the the Timberwolves would have been better off keeping Levine Keep and trading in. Wiggins in that deal um, and like I I. I don't I don't remember what you said, but I remember specifically Juwan being like, no, 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 no. Um, and I, I just I just want to tout for a second because I think I'm fucking right on that one. I think they would have been much better off keeping Levine. Um, he, he doesn't give you much in the way of defense, but neither does Wiggins. Um, and he at least is like a like a go-to scorer um, and somebody who can like get buckets. And Wiggins hadn't really been like that. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think I might've been right on that one. Um, but, but anyway, um, I wanted to revisit that. So would you rather have 
granted, you don't have Jimmy Butler anymore. Would you rather have just – we'll keep it simple. Would you rather have Levine or Wiggins, um, respectively? At this point, Levine. I, I mean, you got to look at it that way, right? I mean, Wiggins, poor Wiggins. I feel bad for Wiggins at this point because like, I feel like every anybody, every time there's a chance to shit on Wiggins, there's a chance. And someone's gonna take it. It just seems that way at the moment. It seems like there's a giant bullseye on his back. It's like fuck Andrew Wiggins right now. <laughs> um, and I feel bad. Keep that same energy. That bad. Yeah, but it just seems like everyone wants to shit on Andrew Wiggins at the moment. But um, at the moment, obviously, you can look at Zach Levine's numbers and, and the way he's been playing. On it. Don't get me wrong; they're not winning many games at the moment. And he is the no. They're like four he and was, ten. I think. I think. No, they're not good. But Chicago is also a team that's been hurt, and he's really been the lone yeah. right spot for a team that's been injured. Uh, and they've tried to to bring in Jabari Parker, who's worked out somewhat there in Chicago. But yeah. Again, it's not accounting to wins. But, you know, they're still waiting for marketing to get back. They're waiting for Chris Dunn to get back. Uh, Bobby Portis. They've been hurt. <laughs> so, And they've been starting yeah. a rookie center. Who's been playing well? Wendell Carter. So, look, I'll give them a lot of credit. I'll give him especially a lot of credit. Um, they traded the better player at the end of the day without knowing it. I think they expected Andrew Wiggins to be the better player at the end of the day. But uh, Chicago took the chance. They got Chris Dunn out of it. They got uh, Zach Levine out of it. And, of course, I think uh, that draft pick turned out to be marketing. Yeah, they got the better part of that deal at the end of the day because, look, Minnesota doesn't have Jimmy Butler anymore. So you basically traded Jimmy right. Butler and what you got back, Covington and Sarge. So Covington and Sarge for Chris Dunn, um, Levine, and, and, Mar- and marketing. I think it's. I think you see where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, no, I see exactly where you're coming from because the best player, um, at, or at the very least, I, I think you can make an argument that Robert Covington is the best player in that group of guys right now. But I, I, I feel like both well, Levine and Martin will be better than him. And Chris Dunn right, has right. A, a a potential to, to, to be a really solid point guard. I, his shooting is always going to be slightly concerning. But when you well, have a guy like Markin right. and you have a guy like Levine um, who can hit shots, and I don't, I, I haven't seen many Bulls games, so I don't know, um, like the stats he's put up. But that kid from Boise State that they picked up, forget his name, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but he, yeah. you know, he was he, he, yeah, he's a he's a like a guard forward, six seven. Um, Hutchison, Chandler oh, Hutchison. Yeah, Chandler yeah. Hutchison. Yeah, okay. yeah, like I think I think he's gonna fit in well. I think he's gonna be a pretty good role player. Um and yep, uh I think like, so too. Yeah, he can provide some shooting. So like yeah, I mean they, they definitely got like um got the better end of that deal, um when all is said and done. Uh and uh you know, good on them, man. They they moved they moved while the iron was hot on Jimmy Butler and it, mm-hmm. it you know, it's 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 going to pay off in the long run, so good for them. But yeah, right. Levine's been—he's yep. been firing on all cylinders, just just lighting up the court. Um, and you know what? It's—I'm really happy to see that, namely because, like, growing up, you know, of course, like some of the first basketball games that I remember watching were the Chicago Bulls on WGN, watching Michael Jordan. Um, so like, mm. I've always kind of liked the Bulls, you know. Like, I, I, I've never. I've never hated the Bulls. I've always, you know, kind of wanted them to do well. Mm. And, you know, so, uh, and, you know, everybody loves a comeback story. Um, So the fact that he, you know, tore his ACL and he's been able to come back and be even better than I think maybe we, 
most of us expected at this point in time uh, is awesome. It's really fucking cool. It's really promising. Um, so props to Zach Levine. Um, let's move on. we got a couple more guys to talk about in teams. Uh, another guy we want to highlight, Kemba Walker. Uh, he's probably logging the best season of his career thus far. Um, it's early in the season, but he's been playing fucking lights out. I mean, he's been great for a while, um, but this year he's averaging 27.9 points per game, 6.3 assists. Like, that's crazy. He's averaged 28 points and still average over six assists like and 4.3 rebounds, and he's only turning the ball over twice a game. Like, that is incredibly efficient. Um, and like, just, just, just awesome, awesome fucking numbers for Kimball Walker. Um, and he has the Hornets poised to make the playoffs for the, the first time in three seasons. So right. I don't think it's any surprise that Kimball Walker is, is playing as well as he's playing. Um, but he is of course the biggest cog in the wheel that is the Charlotte Hornets, um, and both you and I were like, they're going to have to fucking prove it to us. Have you seen enough this early in the season that you – would you feel positive in, in in saying that they're going to make the playoffs at this point? I'm still iffy. I mean, I, I've been impressed. Are you? And I, they were my – yeah, I'm still iffy. Um, um, I, I, I do like what I see. I like their depth. Like, I think they're good at every position. I don't think they're great at anything specific aside from maybe point guard with Kemba. Um, but yeah. they have a solid team, and their coaching seems to be done well. So I think they have a chance, and they're going to be the, that surprise team in the East uh, that might make a noise and get into the playoffs. Um, like, and Kemba's been playing out of his mind, if you don't count tonight, because he's apparently, like, right now he's, like, one for 13. <laughs> but if yeah, you don't count tonight, he's been playing – he's been balling uh, all season. Um and the, it, the big, he's a big reason why the Hornets are looking good. Um, but it's the Hornets, too, because Kemba's had good years the last couple of years. Not like he's sucked. He's been an all-star, and the Hornets have been ass. So the Hornets have been playing better. They just have. And they have a future. Like, if you look at, like, Malik Monk didn't really play all that well last year, having a good year this year. It looks like Miles Bridges is looking really, like, explosive. and But he, he may be more of a, a stretch forward than a three in this league. But – they got something really athletic. It's someone to easily replace Marvin Williams down the line. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Their center position is still in flux. They got Zeller. I like Zeller, but he's kind of just there. He kind of is there. He's, he's a solid. Backup, he's a man. solid big man. Right. Yeah. He's a backup. Exactly. Uh, they got Williams, really, who they got from the Knicks last. Ideally, you would want him in, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mason, Mason Plumley, Miles Plum, Mason Plumley's role. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Like that's that's the yes. exact kind of position that you would want to utilize him in. But yeah, um, I'm sorry, you, I agree. you were saying though that they got what? Well, they got Hernan Gomez, who they they've been using off the bench yes. as their uh, backup center. Solid right. big man in my opinion. I, we had him. I really like uh, Willie. Um, he's limited in certain areas, but he's he's a solid big. I thought they'd give Miyambo a lot more minutes. Never plays. So I've been surprised yeah. that they don't use Miyambo at all. Um, but uh, you got to get yeah, the especially after for trading Mozgov for him because exactly. Mozgov may makes like a million dollars less, and so and mm-hmm. their and their contracts run the exact same time frame. So yeah, I'm a little surprised right. at that too. Like I was thinking, like yeah, I mean, I I, I think there was I had a point started. guard in that deal too. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I feel uh, like I did too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I had yeah. starting and that not worked out. <laughs> so, but I, I, I think there was a point guard in that deal, uh, Bryant O'Brien or something like that. Um, so maybe maybe getting off his money equal, but like made it more uh, beneficial to them in the long run as far as cap cap flexibility. I don't remember the exact parameters of the trade. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's still like, I, I felt like they were going to try to utilize him some and, and, but you know what, they're probably best not, not doing that. Yeah. And Kaminsky, I got another big, that he's just kind of there now. He's not, not playing. Yeah. He's got outplayed and he's lost his, rota- um, his chance in the rotation. Uh, they might be valuable trade assets down the line, I guess, because they're. I think they're both useful and on some other teams, maybe not in, in Charlotte at the moment. But at the very least, you got to show off that they could that, that they could produce, so you can get some assets yeah. back for them. But you know, yeah, I got to give the Hornets credit for playing well, and um, they might they might struggle. They might be struggling tonight, but they've been they they've opened my eyes to possibly getting into that playoffs. But I'm not gonna give it 100. percent I need them to be consistent. And, and keep it up. And at least by All Star break, I'll have a better feeling for them. But at the moment, I have been impressed, very impressed with the show. Yeah. And Campbell. What, what 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 would you think about uh? I'm not necessarily sure that it would help, but if you didn't have to give up much to do it, what do you think about the Sixers going out and getting Kaminsky? He's a big. He fills that. I mean, he can play the four. He can play the five. He can sh- shoot. He's a he's a pretty decent yeah, shooter. Yeah, they and he's uh, right now. He's definitely uh, his stock is low, so you don't have to give up too much to get him either. Right. Um, I'm not sure, but it. it wouldn't hurt. He's seven foot, man. Uh, he could definitely play some power forward for you. Wouldn't hurt, like you said. Yeah, not a bad idea. I, I just wonder if, like, imagine. yeah, and I, I just, I would. The only thing I would have to wonder is, would they, would they think we would rather give those minutes to Mike Muscala than, than? integrate True. Kaminsky because they, they probably want more of a guy who fits the Covington model who can play a little three as opposed to playing a little five along with playing four. So, um, so maybe That's he's true. not your best at, but I, I do think it merits, you know, depending on what you had to give up, but like it may not, it may not be a terrible idea. Um, especially if you could like say get Jeremy Lamb in the deal too. And, essentially get two players in exchange for one player and a couple of second round picks, you know? Um, right. But yeah. I mean, it would just, it would just depend on the deal, but yeah, I just thought that might, might be interesting. Um, but yeah, like I, um, I like the fact that uh, before we move on, I really like the fact that they are utilizing both um, their young guys, like Monk and Bridges are vlogging are valuable minutes for these teams. Uh, or for this team, uh, rather, and they look very effective in their in their roles. And you know, right. those are two guys that that you know. I think Monk should have played a lot more games last season, and didn't hardly play at all until the end of the season when they knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. And essentially, Clifford right. was just like, "All right, like, yeah, let's let's you know, like." give the guy some minutes because we're not going to make the playoffs anyway. And it's like, well, damn, like maybe you should have given him fucking minutes all along. Like Batum's like out for six weeks at the beginning of the season and Monk yep. plays 
during that, and then when Batum gets back, like Monkler didn't play at all, and it was just it was is a little baffling. Um, but uh, but yeah, I like the fact that he's getting some minutes this year, um, and Bridges is getting some minutes. Um, it's encouraging to see, yeah, like you know, those mm-hmm. guys those guys get some on-court time and, and be able to develop as players while they're still trying to um, try to win games. So they're incorporating them into a a, um, a good structure, a good team structure, and using them appropriately um, to, to do both things at the same time, develop them and try to win basketball games. Um, that's a, that's not an easy task and they're doing it very well. So, that's that could end up very much benefiting them long term down the line. Like I said, especially because you've got guys like Batum and Kid Gilchrist who, you know, just have had a little bit of injury history. Um, so it'll yeah. be nice to have those guys primed and ready. Um, and then you still got Dwayne Bacon, you know, who I don't think is getting a lot of minutes, yeah. but um, you know he did yeah. last year, um, and so I, I feel like if you needed to use him, um, he's there and, and, and could can. be utilized. Yep. So, um, so if nothing else, the team only has one star, but they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of like right. reasonably good players throughout the rest of their team, and I think yep. this is this is the appropriate um, level of where this team should be. They should, you know, hover just north of five hundred. Should have been this way. Um, and mm-hmm. and be like a six, seven, eight seed um, at the least um, in the East and. I'm pretty confident they're going to make the playoffs this year. After you know this little sample size, like an eighth of the way into the season, I uh, they look good enough to me to to say that with some confidence. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. And that's of course if Kemba Walker uh, <laughs> essentially can play at least like 75 games um, because right. uh, they ain't winning any games without Kemba. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> another another stellar point guard. Um, in this mix, all of our all of our highlights this uh, this time are um, are guards uh, and you know combo either combo guards or point guards scoring scoring guards. Um, but anyway, uh, Damian Lillard, man, Damian Lillard uh, has been balling out, and the fucking Blazers are the number two team in the West, and. Mm-hmm. I, I had the Blazers making the playoffs. Um, I know at least a couple of us. I don't think I don't think Luke did. I can't remember if you did or not. Um, I did. I did not. I did not. You did not. Okay. Um, I did not. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I didn't have them that high. I, I think I had them in like the seven seed, if I if I can recall. Um, but you know, I mean, I expected they're they're usually a good regular season team, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they're they're ten and three. They're second in the West. Um, Dame, to no surprise, has been averaging twenty six points, five point eight assists, and five rebounds per game. Um, just again leading this team. Their role players um, have been have been very good. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu uh, has has played pretty well this season. Of course, CJ McCollum, uh, Zach Collins looks like he's kind of taking a a larger role uh, this year, um, and that is probably a good call, like probably going to be more effective long-term uh, than a guy like Nurkic, or at least having the flexibility of having 
two different style bigs so you can um, utilize them in the different situations, kind of like what Toronto has been doing where some games they start Abaka and some games they start Dallin Shunis, and it just kind of depends on the matchups, you know what I mean? Um, right. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they've looked really good. I mean, 10 and three, and it kind of like just snuck up on you. Like, or at least it did for me. Like it had been like a week or two, like, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd really paid attention to standings, just been kind of watching some games. And I checked the standings. And it's like, holy shit, <laughs> the fucking Blazers are, are like, uh, like, very solidly the second the second best team in the West right now as far as record is concerned. Um, what stood out to you about the Blazers? And do you have even despite like how good they've looked this thus far, um, do you have any confidence in them when it comes to playoff time? That's a good. That's that's a better question. Um, I didn't think they'd make the playoffs this year, but maybe I didn't give them enough credit for being a good. Um, regular season team because uh, I think that's what they are. They're a very good regular season team. Uh, and they haven't, they didn't really make any significant changes to their team for me to be confident enough for them to say, hey, they're going to be a good playoff team. Uh, they did get embarrassed by the Pelicans in the playoffs. It was pretty bad. Um, and yeah. I just, I was, they played so bad to the point where I, I lost confidence in them in the regular season this season, which is probably uh, not the smartest thing in the world, but Hey, I made that decision, and they look really good, and they'll probably end up making the playoffs because they seem to be a good team. They're not a bad team. They just, I think they ended up choking in the playoffs. And at the end of the day, they just didn't have enough offense when they needed it most. Uh, and the changes they made were they don't have another score. They have two guys. They really do. Nurkic is okay. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've inserted Jake Lehman into the starting five. He's been okay. Uh, and, you know, in his spot there, uh, Mohawk has been hurt all most of the season, in and out. Um, right. They they brought in two shooters, Nostowskis and and uh, Seth Curry, to help uh, offsuit um, uh, Evan Turner, who's really the ball handler off the bench for them. Yeah, he's, and, he's um, a backup point guard, really. He he really is. I mean, he's he's more like point forward, but I mean, you have the two shooters, which are your guards, and then you have, right. of course, your point forward, which is Evan Turner. Right. And then your bigs exactly. with Zach Collins, and 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 some some games when this guy plays, um, uh, what's his name, Miles? Uh, is it Miles? What's that? Um, it's just uh, Zach they Collins? have decent bigs. Not Zach Collins. No, big. uh, the Miles. Uh... Miles oh, Leonard. 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 Okay. Myers, 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 yes. Leonard. Myers, Myers, Leonard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myers, Leonard. There you go. Um, <laughs> that guy's yeah, been relevant um, for so long, we don't fucking forgot his name. <laughs> I know, but when he plays, he kind of produces, which has been weird. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, they have they have a weird bench. Like it's not a bad bench. It's just not. You look at it and you're like, that doesn't look very reliable. But they're okay. They're not right. the worst bench. But they don't have enough. That's why in the play, they're going to need more than what they got to to get anywhere in the playoffs, but they might just get there with what they got because what they got is good enough so far. And Damon Lillard is the man at the end of the day. And McCollum's pretty damn good himself. Yeah. I, uh, I'm surprised that we didn't hear more talk about them really trying to push for Butler. My guess is because they weren't going to give up McCollum and they're obviously not going to give up Lillard. Um, and yeah, that, that was essentially the end of the conversation. There wasn't anything else that <laughs> Minnesota wanted from them um, that, right. that could make the deal possible. Um, 
but still, I was, you know, at least you heard like New Orleans trying to get in there at the last second. Like, God, that's a team that could really use Jimmy Butler. Like, um, yeah, yeah. So long sure. as you know, so long as they didn't give up one of their one of their you know top two guys. Um, but uh, but yeah, didn't didn't hear any much of anything um, on that front as, as it pertains to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still think I I still think there's they need to make some kind of trade because they they're capped out. There's no possible way for them to sign anybody during free agency. And and they're you know they're in Portland, like awesome fucking city, but not a mecca for basketball. Um, and nope. you know, nope, nope, I mean nope. they they have they have a lot of valuable young assets, like you said, like they they have a good bench. It's just you know. It's, you would really like to turn that depth into like another really good quality player. Um, and, you know, if you could, if you could flip Zach Collins and, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Anthony Simons uh, and a first for, for, you know, and then maybe whoever to make the money work, you know, and then, and then pick up somebody right. who's really going to like add that, that punch to your, to your starting lineup. Um, Cause like, obviously Harkless has been hurt. But I mean, it's saying something when Jake Lehman is in your starting five. <laughs> like the right. guy wasn't even playing up on the bench. He wasn't even playing. He was playing in the G League last year. Um, like right. so, so Not you know, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I feel like they're doing that because you know, essentially, um, kind of the same way that uh, Denver last season would um, start Hernan Gomez um, at times at the mm-hmm. three. Um, because they didn't want to screw with their their bench unit, um, so mm-hmm. you know I get that it makes sense it makes sense, um, but nevertheless like um, not a good sign. So yeah, I mean they they really need to get like a, another guy, but um, we'll see. Um, I, I would be I would still as, as much depth as the West has. Um, I would I no matter what their seating is. I'll be surprised if they make it out of the first round. Um, like, I won't be, like, shocked, but I'll be a little surprised. Um, like, I, I mean, after after the, the drubbing last year from New Orleans, like, um, it definitely didn't inspire a lot of confidence. And like, and like you said, I mean, they were the third seed last year. You had a miss in the playoffs. I had them at seventh, and I had them higher than anybody else um, uh, mm-hmm. on the show. So, you know, yeah. Like, um, it definitely the did not. Uh, was debilitating. <laughs> yeah, it was, was like, really, oh, really bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, and um, and you know what? Like the thing is, like you know, yeah, you could kind of compare it to the Raptors because um, I mean that was kind of a similar thing. Um, them losing right. to Cleveland the way they did, but then you know they went out and and changed up their roster, changed up their coach have a new system in play that's good, mixes in, you know, leaves out some bad and mixes in some more good. Um, and they have probably the best, maybe second best player in the East. I don't know. Maybe you want to give that to Giannis. But, like, they, you know, now, like, that's such such an upgrade from DeRozan. Um, and DeRozan's a great player, but he's just – he's no Kawhi Leonard. Um, whereas, like, you know, the – the Blazers just kind of made little moves here and there, um, but uh, but yeah, exactly. um, it'll be 
it'll be interesting to see like where where that team goes. Um, but uh, anyway, um, want to take a minute to uh, talk about our other sponsor, uh, Blue Chew. Guys, do you have trouble getting in the mood, or perhaps just with stamina? Then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables, made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills, will be shipped directly to your door. No doctor appointments, no lines, and most importantly, no more awkwardness. And because they're chewable, they work way faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. Go to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code GDN to get a free month's trial today. That's BlueChew.com. Blue is in the color. Partner deserves the best. Let Blue Chew help you get there. Joel, before we wrap it up tonight, I just kind of wanted to ask you just a little broader question. Um, who's mm-hmm. been like, what team has, has been just the biggest surprise in a positive way um, for you uh, at this point in the season? We talked about Portland, obviously that's, that's kind of a surprise. Um, Toronto's look great. Milwaukee's look great. Um, but what's the team that stood out most to you so far? So if we're going to talk surprises, then I, I mean, we just talked about them. I've been really surprised with, uh, with Charlotte in Portland. I didn't, I just, again, I had neither of them making the playoffs. So, I mean, I needed Charlotte to prove to me that they were good enough because I, I, I thought they would be the last two years. And they were like, nope, crash. And this year they started off really well. So I've been really surprised at them. And I'm I'm still weary, but at the same time, that's because I feel like I've been I, I've I've been shitted on before. So I'm I'm just scared to say, yeah, they're gonna do it, and then they're just gonna collapse. I don't want that. But we'll see. And then you have Portland, a team that's obviously really good, and I, I slept on them this year. Um, but will they will they do something in the playoffs? That's kind of where I'm scared for. I don't want to see what happens again happened last year, happened again this year. And, of course, they're they're both, uh, especially Portland to me, a team that if they're going to uh, avoid losing their best players at some point, are going to have to look at some of the teams that are collapsing, like maybe Cleveland, and try to pull one of their good players out of there and try to, you know, bring them to their team to help them out. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just a matter of those probably, those, probably the two teams that surprised me the most. Everyone else, more or less fell into an order. And in terms of like good, in terms of the good, I like those are the two teams that surprised me the most. Yeah, I I gotta go with the Bucks, man. Like, I mean, I, I just didn't think they were gonna be. I didn't think they were gonna be this good this early. Like, I thought like they would be like a four seed, maybe even a five seed, and but they would have it figured out by the playoffs, and then probably win like a playoff series against a, a team. Uh, a, a very competent team, very good opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I felt like that was um, a reasonable projection as to like where they would go. Um, but they looked really good, really quickly. Um, obviously, getting Coach Bud has helped them out tremendously. And you know, I mean, obviously they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, and that helps. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we've always talked about how this, this team you know, doesn't just like, doesn't, doesn't meet their potential. Um, and they are mm-hmm. putting, you know, that to bed this season. 
Um, Giannis has always looked good, but it's been the pieces around him. Eric Bledsoe has kind of finally integrated into this team. He looks really good. Chris Middleton playing like an all-star, playing essentially like we all knew he could play um, if, if, right. if that skill set was just unlocked. Um, and, you know, they were essentially able to do it. And, I mean, he looks great. I mean, essentially, you've got those those three guys, um, and then you got like a, a, a slew of, you know, solid role players around them. Um, Brooke Lopez looks, yeah. you know, like he, he's playing the best basketball he's played um, in a while. I mean, I guess since, in a while. since yeah. Brooklyn. Um, and even mm-hmm. that was just, you know, him playing on a shitty team, so he got so many of the touches. Um Right. But uh, but yeah, he looks effective. Um, he helps them spread the floor. Ursan Eliasova was a really solid pickup, and I think like so, like so much better of a fit for this team than Jabari Parker. I think both sides right. ended up coming no, out on you're top, right. you know, in that in that scenario. Yep. Um, and uh, really missing uh, him now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, uh, the the kid they drafted. Um, uh, Dante DiFrancesco, uh, that, yeah, that kid, good him, man. yeah, he's good, Mitch, man. He's a he's a good player, like, um, and he was kind of one of those late bloomers in the draft. Like, I mean, he he shined in that championship game for Villanova, and then had a good combine mm-hmm. and just kind of shot up the board. They took him at number seventeen, I believe, and he's right. playing well. He's playing value valuable minutes. Yeah. I mean, um, he's getting didn't play over guys like Tony Snell and um, Sterling Brown, who played a good bit for him last year. Um, so, yeah. you know, I mean. Pat, Pat Connaughton, too, playing well for Yes, him. thank you. Pat yeah, 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 Pat Connaughton. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he was he was one of those guys who, um, you know, he he was a um, like kind of a valued role player on Portland. Um, so, right. I mean, he's right. he's got a yeah. fit. Yeah, he's got a fit in the NBA. I think he's going to have um, a relatively um, long career of taking minimum level contracts, but contributing uh, to whatever team you know he plays for because he can shoot, he can defend, he at least tries really hard um, when it comes to you know playing defense. Um, he's a little undersized, um, but he 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 overcomes that in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely that's another good piece. So and, and of course, um, since we've pretty much mentioned everybody, uh, Brogdon as well. Um, so um, yeah, of you know, they've got a they've got a lot of good pieces around Giannis, and they're finally kind of getting the most out of those pieces. So it's uh, it's been fun to watch them play, and I'm glad I'm I'm happy for Coach Bud because um, he he was a really good coach for the Hawks for a while. Um, but it was just—it was clear he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Atlanta wanted to rebuild. Atlanta should re they made the right decision to rebuild. Um, but you know, Coach Bud's a competitive guy. He wants to—he wants to coach a, a winning team. Um, and you know, now he gets that opportunity. And again, similar to the Jabari Parker thing, I think both sides ended up doing just fine um, in that regard. Right. So, um, so yeah, good for him. Um, on a more somber note, uh, before we wrap up the show, Karis LeVert, man, fuck. Have you seen the yeah, video yet? Sucks. I did. I did see the video. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I have not. I did not. I could not bring myself to watch it. Um, in fact, I remember like saying to myself, I wasn't going to watch the Gordon Hayward video, and then I did, and I was like, oh, fuck, why did I watch that? That was bad. Like, why did I watch bad. that? Um, but, uh, but obviously, Levert, um, broke his ankle. Is that, is that what it is? I think that's what they're, they're Well, saying. we thought he broke his ankle. We found out today that yeah. he only dislocated it. So it was oh, only, okay. uh, my minor ligament damage, no surgery is needed. So he may even be back by the end of the season. So that's good news. Nice. Nice. Well, but yes, that is very, very good news. Um, considering um, the, the the descriptions that I have been hearing uh, were, were a yeah, lot less it, it positive than that. It looks bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, good. I mean, that's that, that's at least a silver lining to that cloud. Um, but yeah, I mean, Levert's been really good this year. He's, in fact, he yeah. was one of the guys that essentially, when Jimmy Butler announced his four you know, teams that he would like to be traded to initially. Um, you know, I, the, the reports that came out um, as it pertained to the Brooklyn Nets was they they would be interested but would not be willing to give up Karis LeVert. And I think at the time, like, a lot of people were like, what, like, fuck, if you can get Jimmy Butler, like, what, what? you know. Um, but obviously, like, Karis LeVert's a pretty damn good player. Um, and... You know he's he's had a a good start to this season. Um, he's he's always kind of been hampered by injury. When they drafted him, you know he he essentially like didn't play early on, and then even when he did start playing, um, they were kind of rotating him uh, with minutes restrictions and not playing back to backs and things like that um, to, to kind of bring him along slowly. Um, so hopefully this, um, you know, this injury not being as bad as what was initially expected um, doesn't kind of mm-hmm. hamper uh, him moving forward because, I mean, the the, the kid, if, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a damn good player in this league. Um, but anyway, um, did you have any more thoughts on the injury and, and Levert's play this season? Uh- no, I've been really impressed with Karis LeVert this year. I'm really impressed. I really like him. Uh, I'm really devastated when I saw, I saw what happened, or I heard what happened, and I eventually saw what happened. Um, uh, I was really sad, but uh, we got some good news today. Hopefully he can recover quicker than, than you know, we all hope, uh, and he could come back for, you know, for the end of the season um, for Brooklyn. As much shit as I give Brooklyn, uh, he's one of the bright spots on, on the Nets, and it's never you never want to see a guy go out. You always want to see teams out hundred percent. And uh, this kid's got a lot of good bright future in in Brooklyn. So I'm glad that it's not as, as severe as we thought. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. Um, by the way, I remember the very first time I saw his name. I never like heard it um, said out loud, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's French. It's Carrie Lever." <laughs> and, <laughs> Lever. Uh, <laughs> like I, that's what I thought his name was for like three days um, before finally like I heard someone say it and I was like oh shit I was way the fuck off because <laughs> he's he's not French at all um, but no, uh, but yeah at all I, 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 yeah thought you get a kick out of that actually but, uh, but yeah before before we go I wanted yeah. to shout out Sacramento Kings 
because uh, yes. wow, they they've been playing really well. I I forgot to mention them on my surprises this year. Uh, I think we're, yeah. I think everyone is surprised by the Sacramento Kings. Am I right? And should be, yeah. Because <laughs> no one saw that coming. Right. I mean, they've been pretty yeah. damn solid, man. Um, yeah, and, and they're not going to make the playoffs, but the fact that they're fighting not, fighting yeah. it out and in the thick of it, you know, um, mm-hmm. granted early on in the season. But, yeah, like, good on them. Good on them indeed. Like, Jesus Christ. And they've been somewhat – I mean, they've been somewhat healthy for the most part. And they're, and they're one of, the, I think, their best players. And Bogdanovich has been out for a while. He just got back a couple games ago. But, right. Uh, man, they're just they're just. Yeah, and in his second game groove. back, he made like five uh-huh. threes, yeah. I think, and scored like 22 points. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. That's exactly what he had, 22 points. He might even find his way into the starting lineup. I mean, I've been impressed with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and what we call Stein and even Bethalisa, who we made fun of in the off season for like, why the fuck would you sign with Sacramento? Right. <laughs> but hey, look, it's working out, I guess, in some capacity. Um, yeah, I'm, you know I'm who could really use the Alisa right about now? <laughs> mm, let me see. Is it a team in the East? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Sir. Uh, you know what? Keep an eye on um, Zach Randolph. If they buy his ass out. I would not be surprised if Philly goes and tries to pick him up. Yeah, I mean, I he's a ball stopper on offense, and he doesn't do much in the way of defense anymore. Um, but he off the bench, you know, he can do something. Yeah, and he and he is a tough, like he's a tough son of a bitch, you know. So, yeah, yeah I don't sure. know. It could work. Cool. It could work, and I I almost would expect a buyout coming uh, at some point from him. At some point, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean that could be that could be something. I I guarantee this. Um, we won't have the debate of who like will anybody pick up Zach Randolph. <laughs> It'll be who will pick up Zach Randolph. So, um, so yeah, he's still, who's gonna pick up Zemo? <laughs> yeah, he's he's still uh, I guess you know he he may be washed, but he's still a notch above mellow washed. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, I, people will be more confident in picking up Zebo than picking up Mello. <laughs> Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you got to worry about with Zach Randolph is I'm pretty sure he sells weed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty always, sure it's a side game. Always bro. got those. Always, always got those burner phones and shit. Like, yeah, that motherfucker. People got issues. It wouldn't surprise me if he's like the league hookup, like he sells to everybody else around the league. You know, like right. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be surprised at all. Zebo got crazy. He's crazy. I like Zebo. Yeah. Former Nick. Yeah, me him. too. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was just talking to uh, somebody the other day about um, how there's no defense anymore in the league, um, yeah. and how like the the Memphis. Like the the heyday Memphis team with Zebo and Tony Allen and and Gasol and Conley and all those guys, that team couldn't even like be effective anymore. Like, what the fuck would Tony Allen do in today's NBA? He'd foul out in like ten minutes. Like, yeah, really? Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of sad, but at least you know, at least we did have some years of watching those teams play. Unlike these these chilling today who are just not. Not even gonna know what defense is, um, but uh, anyway, um, quickly before we go, not basketball related, um, but I did want to mention. Um, obviously, Stan Lee um, passed away at the age of 95. 
Um, I'm, as you guys can imagine, with our flagship show being geek culture related, and we talk a lot about Marvel, uh, especially as it pertains to the MCU, um, we are all very, very, very big fans of Stan Lee, and it was very sad to hear of his passing. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I finally went to go see Venom yesterday, and I made I made that I actually made that plan um, before I got the news, and then of course when he has his cameo at the end, I kind of teared up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I'm like uh, I I'd yeah. kind of I'd kind of forgotten that it was it was bound to happen, and then when it did, I was like, ah. Oh. And and you know, of course, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Joel, but he says, you know, don't you know, basically like. Don't stop going after that one, like as far as him and you know his romance or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, oh man, like we're only gonna get two more of those, and then and that's it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, love love Stanley. Um, obviously lived a full life, ninety five. Um, so yeah, I mean, man. and and lived his best life. Uh, I think we probably used that. Uh phrasing, expression, what have you, a little too much, but uh, Stan Lee was definitely somebody who literally lived his best life. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, R.I.P. Stan Lee, and I'm sure we'll have, um, you know, we'll obviously talk uh, more in depth about this uh, this Sunday um, on Geek Vibes Live. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dane will be putting together like a whole uh, monologue honoring uh, Stan Lee um, and, and, and be able to give it the poetic justice that it deserves much better than I just did. <laughs> um, right. but, uh, but Dane's good at that. Um, that is, that's, that's not as much my forte. Um, but anyway, um, good show, Joel. Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, oh, and yeah, be, uh, be sure to catch, uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance tomorrow night at seven. Uh, like I said, Geek Vibes Live will be, uh, this Sunday at eight o'clock normal time um and uh we will see you guys next week until then peace peace